eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You've discovered your link to gopowercat.com's PowerCat podcast. Now, here's your host, gopowercat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. I had a friend tell me the other day that he was really mad when Kansas State hired Chris Kleiman really upset. He thought K-State Athletics Director Gene Taylor just went out and hired his buddy. Took the easy way out in the hiring process. I know this guy. I'll hire him. In reality, in hindsight, Gene Taylor took the hard way. There was going to be pushback if he hired Chris Kleiman, his coach at North Dakota State. And a coach that had never been a head coach above an FCS program. Chris Kleiman won games with great ease at the powerhouse program of his classification. How would that translate to Kansas State? How would that play in Manhattan? Gene Taylor thought, this is my guy. He knows what he's doing. It wasn't a gimmick. He built upon something great. And despite the pushback, the pushback that I thought would discourage Taylor from making the hire, He went ahead and chose Chris Kleiman as Kansas State's football coach. Now, it's only one season in. But nobody really expected Chris Kleiman to go 8-5. and Certainly not in the national media. Certainly not in the Big 12 media that picked him to finish around the bottom of the Big 12 standings. No, Chris Kleiman was one of four new coaches and probably one that would fail earlier than the others. Well, after one season that was proven wrong, Kleiman went Five and four in the Big 12. He built upon a final season from Bill Snyder that fell short of expectations and then exceeded expectations. Time will tell if Chris Kleiman really is the right guy. But early indications are that he is the perfect fit for Kansas State. For everything that is different about him from Bill Snyder, there's something similar. It's kind of weird. They're really different people. But they might go about putting the ingredients in the bowl in a different style, but they want to come up with the same cake once it comes out of the oven. The teams look an awful lot alike. You're going to be disciplined. You're going to be physical. You're going to run the ball at opponents. You're going to control the clock. You're going to limit your penalties and mistakes, and you're going to make big plays in special teams. Chris Kleiman seems to be the perfect guy to follow Bill Snyder, not because Gene Taylor knew who he was, but because his brand of football, his style of football, meshed so well with the players he inherited. 
We are less than a week now away from kickoff of 2020. The pandemic season, the season unlike anyone we've ever seen in college football. I don't know how far we're going to get into the season, but I know this, that the players at Kansas State are fortunate to have Chris Kleiman as their coach. He's put together a marvelous staff, and not surprisingly, as these Wildcats head into their season, they again are picked near the bottom of the conference by the same media who Bill Snyder proved wrong time and time again. Now they're doing the same thing to Chris Kleiman. They always judge Kansas State football by the losses, not the gains. Arkansas State, 2.30 p.m. on Saturday at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. That will start Chris Kleiman's second season. Welcome to the GoPowerCat.com PowerCat Sources podcast, a podcast in which we talk to the people that are our sources for so much of the information you love at GoPowerCat. We go right to the source. And in this case, we start off this brand new season of the Sources podcast with Chris Kleiman, Kansas State head football coach. It seems like you're in like this never-ending cycle of trying to be healthy, not healthy, and now we got to get healthy. And you know what I mean? It, yeah. Maybe that's what this whole year will be, and that's just the reality we're facing. The people that I've talked to, that's what it is. You know, whether it's you know in in college football to the NFL. Now the NFL is doing a better job simply because they're testing every day and they don't have twenty thousand students on campus. Um, but that's that's the whole thing. Try to protect yourself today and get to tomorrow. In some ways, is it just kind of an unavoidable for the kids? I mean, they've got to go to Absolutely. class. They got to, they got to be around a roommate that may not be in the program, or yeah. you know, you just you can't you can't bolster you, yourself against everyone. No, and, and and anymore. Early on, I think all of us could have gotten frustrated when when kids were um, somehow acquiring the virus. Now. Boy, I mean, any of us. I mean, you could get it tomorrow. I could get it tomorrow. Any of us could at any time. And and some of it, kids are like, Coach, I don't know how the heck I even got it. I, I'm not around anybody. I'm masked up. I, I don't know. And so that's the that's the unfortunate thing. Yeah, well, I, I guess I'd kind of question the accuracy of the test, to be honest, which is scary in itself that sometimes the test can be a lot of false positives, and good news is you don't have it. You just think you do, which is terrifying. Yeah, but that's the NFL is dealing with that, too. You know, they had all these false positives, you know. And my fear right now is more for our staff that have children going to classes yeah. and my kid going to practice and um, Tui's kid going to practice, Steve's kid's going to practice. I mean, you don't know what's going on at, at these practices or schools or where these kids are, are, are going to uh fast food afterwards i mean it's just it's 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 nerve-wracking to think uh i try to avoid my junior in high school uh, with with the exception of having a mask on and visiting with him about how his day went how practice was that's awful it, isn't it terrible that's awful and, and i went to the scrimmage on well, when did manhattan scrimmage i can't remember one day last week they scrimmaged and i felt bad i don't know who it was some guy twice had to come down and say, people, please, by Riley County order, 
we're going to have to shut this thing down. Please put your mask on. And I'm like, hey, buddy, I know how you feel. And I didn't say anything. I'm like, boy, that's everybody's, whether you're in school or or at practice or anywhere else. Yeah. We just got off to a bad start with masks, and some people just refused to change their yep. way. And Okay. Yeah. I I have to calculate that into everything I do. Um, yes. Let's talk a little football or something. That'd be better. I'd rather talk about that. It's just, <laughs> I know. It's just crappy. I just, I'm so tired of this because it's not like you and I are going to sit here and talk about it for 30 minutes and, oh, we just solved it. So Yeah. Um, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. Um, it's not going away. Yep. You finally have a kickoff time in television that has to feel more tangible now, doesn't it? It definitely does. Uh, we were hoping for it uh, uh, early this week so that we could kind of prepare uh, our week around the two thirty start, and on Saturday we'll do kind of a mock game up here because I want to see the new scoreboards. I want to see some of the bells and whistles that we have here. I want Skyler to see those things to get comfortable, and our receivers, and um, kind of the fact of guys, this is what's going to be the distraction is all the new things we have here. And not necessarily a crowd. Yeah, that's it's going to be such a strange environment. It'll. I think you'll now get a better appreciation what football was like when I was in school. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I hope it, hope it doesn't stay like this for very long. Then no, no. Um, it is strange. It does take away home field advantages, which Kansas State has had a fairly substantial one because of the crowd. Uh, it it just kind of is the message just continue to focus between these lines and it doesn't matter if you're home or away. Yeah. You still have to execute home or away. You got to execute. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll all get, uh, an understanding of what it's going to be like on September 12th. Cause you really can't emulate it at practice. We're going to try to have a mock game on Saturday. Um, that'll be great. But then we're really going to come out of that tunnel on the 12th and guys are going to go, Holy cow. Okay. Now it's a football game. Okay, we've seen we've seen what's around, how the stadium looks. We've seen the video boards and those things. Uh, now let's go execute and play. And uh, it, it does make it probably easier for everybody to go on the road this year uh, with respects to the stadium and the environment. Maybe it's not from a hotel and, and social distancing at meals and those things, but uh, I think it's kind of leveled some of the playing field as far as you don't have that great home field advantage right now. Last time we spoke with you, as the media spoke with you, Skyler's clearly the number one. But there's some competition back there for for playing time uh, because rarely does a program get through the year with a healthy quarterback. What what has it changed about the battle for number two or playing time behind Skyler? It's ongoing. Uh, I, there's some things I really like with Nick Oss. Nick's Nick's really kind of the guy right now um, because of experience. Uh, I know that Will Howard is uh, gaining ground on him really quickly, um, which is great. I think it helps Nick. I know it helps Skyler, uh, and Will's learning from both of them. They just have have had the experience in our system. But uh, I'm pleased with the with the progress those guys are making. I'm pr- I'm pleased with where Jaron Lewis is at. Um, he's he's light years better than than he was. And then we have some younger kids that. Uh, are in our program that we're just learning about, but uh, uh, we're better right now at the quarterback position than uh, we were last year for sure. Is Will hired one of those guys? I think Coach Tui mentioned a throw that once in a while in practice, you go, "Oh yeah, that's that's a quarterback. That's what a quarterback does." 
yeah, when you can take it on one hash and throw a, an out route on a line to the opposite outside the numbers, and people are like, wow, that, that was a big-time throw again, you know, against uh, a pass rush, against a, a good corner with a, with a really uh, talented wide receiver. I mean, just he just looks comfortable back there. Now, have we gone live with him and he's had all the blitzes and stuff come at him where he can get hit and we're not staying off him? No. Uh, we've, we've had him play a few snaps live, and he, looked, he looks good out there. But until you really get into that fire um, where it's live blitzes and you can get hit from all different angles and stuff, uh, it's it's always going to be a work in progress for a young player, but uh, I'm pleased with where he is at through, what are we, about 16, 17 practices now. Has it been enough practices? I mean, you you lost Not your even spring. Close. You lost your spring. I don't even know how you make up for that. Not even close. Um, the kids would tell you they're tired of practicing, and I would tell you the same thing simply because you're right. We missed everything in the spring, so we didn't have an evaluation going into the summer. These kids always do a great job of captain's practices in the summer. Those were taken away from us. Then we had July 24th where we were able to walk through some things in T-shirts and shorts just to kind of show what what we missed in the spring. So we've been doing this since July 24th in some respect in a team setting. We, you know, we've had some days off here and there for a variety of reasons, but no, not near enough practice uh, as far as to really replicate game speed. Um, and we haven't had enough live blocking. We haven't had enough live tackling. We've done it a couple of times, not for very long because, you know, you, you're also, you're also worried. We did it the one time and we didn't know for sure when we were going to even have a game yet. And that made me nervous a little bit because you don't want to lose somebody when you don't know when you're playing. Then we were able to have one, uh, live tackling um, maybe maybe about a week ago, but there was some guys out for injuries and some other reasons, so we uh, didn't have as much as we liked. And that's the thing that always makes you nervous going into a first game is when you haven't tackled live and you haven't done a, gr- a ton of live blocking. Uh, let alone <clears throat> maybe they'll be bad at tackling, but there's, I guess there's a possibility that technique could break down and now, now you're looking at injuries. It just, it just seems like a, yeah. we're in a kind of a catch-22 here. You don't want to wear them out, but you also need to get them aware of live fire and and where their feet need to be and their hips and all that. Yeah, and and some positions are better equipped than others. Some are in better shape than others. Some we have more bodies than others. I mean, this year, this was a year that we weren't locked into 110. So we were able to bring in uh, a few more players and we would bring a few more players in uh, that we thought fit our program, but we ended up having more linebackers than we've ever had. So that position's probably not taxed very much because there's so many guys where, you know, the wide receiver and maybe offensive line, we don't have as many guys. So those guys are taxed a little bit more when you say, Hey, let's get a group of young guys. Let's get a group of threes going to just run our plays and see how we're doing as far as, as, as developing and learning and linebackers are chomping at the bit because we've got four or five, six deep there, but we can't do it at other positions. So uh, it's a fine line of making sure that the guys uh, are, are getting the reps, but also staying as fresh as you can too. And how precarious is it for a position like receiver or line that if you get a few injuries and a few positive tests, you're in big trouble all of a sudden. Yeah, you really are. Um, and that's, that's the, uh, I don't know if that's an answer. Nobody really has, you know, we, 
we can say, well, we can play some running backs out there and we can flex some tight ends out or you can move some corners over uh, or, or vice versa. You could be down corners and move wide receivers over to corner and running backs to linebacker. Uh, those are great thoughts. Uh, but boy, you better be really simple because how many things are those kids going to be able to pick up in a week? And, and I think everybody's well aware that those situations could happen this year where um, you get hit at a certain position where uh, either there has to be a postponement, which nobody wants, but we have to make sure that uh, everybody's safe uh, or you're going to have to move some guys around and and um, hopefully they can understand a small package in a, in a three or four day time. Do you have any positions on the field that, or maybe you're a coach and you're never happy with anything, but you look at it and go, maybe we're a little farther along than I thought, given the circumstances under which we're playing right now. No, I would say we we don't. Um, for a lot of reasons, one, you're a day away from from what you think is a really loaded position or deep position to being a really thin position. So yeah. It's kind of a catch-22 of, boy, we're really good here. And then two days later, you could have a, a hamstring, uh, something else, a shoulder, and two COVID. So you just say, boy, you, know, you just – each day – that's why each day we're continuing to go out and evaluate and continuing to challenge the young guys to say, you just – I can't tell you when your opportunity is going to be, but you have to be ready. And all these meetings and all these walkthroughs and all these – extra practice reps that you're getting and you're thinking I'm never going to play. I'm telling you, you probably are going to play and you don't have to worry about running down on one kickoff for one game and thinking, Oh crap, I've got three games left and I just wasted a game because this year it doesn't matter. And we're going to try to keep getting freshmen ready all year long. And maybe there'll be two or three plays for six or seven games. Uh, maybe there'll be more, but uh, that's what we're trying to get press upon those guys is we need you ready because we're going to play you and you don't have to worry about losing, losing a, a year of eligibility. Yeah. Was that ruling just absolutely essential? Number one, if that's, it is a short season, no harm, no foul. We're, we're going to redo. Um, but if it, if you do go the 10 games, and you do have attrition, and you do have COVID positives, that all the guys can be counted on. They're all in the mix, and, hey, guys, this isn't going to affect you. It was almost like either you play a lot or a little, this rule had to be passed. It had to be passed, or you were going to have to try to go out and try to get another 35 walk-ons on day one to try to get your roster as high as you could because you know you're going to get hit with it somewhere. Um, No, I thought I'm excited about it. for this year obviously there's going to be some challenges moving forward from a roster management standpoint that people ask me about all the time if you talk to the seniors if you talk to this group i said not at all we're just trying to get through today uh and and get ourselves ready for for the the 12th the the time when we talk to those seniors will come uh but right now we we don't have time to to breathe because uh, we have to make sure that we're getting the next guy ready and the next guy up just in case people go down for whatever reason the power cat podcast will be right back this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We now send it back to the PowerCat podcast. Let's turn our attention now to some like positions offensive line if, if you could pick a year not to have a spring sesh session uh, this wouldn't be it I mean rebuilding your offensive line from scratch without spring football seems next to impossible for me as an outsider how difficult has it been been really difficult and we've had some guys down with minor injuries but they're down two to four practices uh, and, and if that happens, you know, an offensive line always has to play as one. Uh, you're five, you're six, you're seven, you're eight, you're nine, whatever. And we're going to play up to nine guys probably. Uh, but we haven't had them all together. So, and they haven't had that camaraderie from the spring to know what they're going to work on in the, uh, in the summer, as well as having that video valuable to those guys in the spring to see themselves blocking uh, Drew Wiley or Wyatt Hubert or somebody that they're saying, okay, that that's, that's the technique I need to work on. These kids are, are not having any of that video available to them. So for us to miss all the spring, all the summer, and not only, not only the practice time, but in reality, the development time with coach Dawson and his staff, um, that was such valuable time, you know, whether it was getting our bodies stronger, um, more flexible, more fluid, more athletic, uh, you know, they're all over the country for so long that, and I know everybody was in the same boat on this, but, uh, it's just, it's a real challenge this, this year. And we're 16, 17 practices, like we talked in it, and we could use another 25 more just with that group. Incredible. A receiver looks like a spot where you potentially could be a little more dynamic if you stay healthy. Is that accurate? Yeah, I've been really impressed with where we are at receiver as far as um, everybody a, a year stronger, uh, a year more experience, a year with Skyler, uh, even though you know we've been apart, but a year more with Skyler as far as uh, rapport and, and understanding what he's looking for and easier conversations as far as, Hey, against this coverage, Skyler will say, Hey, I want you to break it out. or I want you to cut that route down a yard or, or whatever, maybe or, or cut your split. The guys just understand each other so much better. So I, I really like the competition. The guys have, have made each other better through the competition. They all have different skill sets. They're all talented. Uh, and knock on wood, we can keep them all healthy so that we have the ability to use a variety of guys. Because even last year, we thought we were pretty good there and pretty deep there, and then sooner, pretty soon, all of a sudden, we're down four or five again. Yeah, it's crazy. Running back, you inherited as bad a situation as one could probably imagine last year with no scholarship guys. And honestly, the, the two grad transfers you picked up, I'm not sure you could have hoped for much more out of out of that situation. 
And and here you are again, kind of having to reinvent that running back position in year two. Where are we at with that? Is it is that group kind of solidifying itself maybe into a rotation that you'll be comfortable with like you were last year? Yeah, we're, we're getting better there. We're getting more confident. We're still going to be more by committee. I don't see us having a guy that's going to carry it 25 or 30 times. That's didn't happen with mess. And I, uh, at North Dakota state didn't happen our first year here. And, uh, I, I like a number of backs that we have, and it really starts with, with Harry and Tyler, um, Trotter and Burns. Those two guys been in the system, older guys know how we want to practice, know what we expect. Um, cause they have a lot of younger guys underneath them that they need to mentor and they need to groom some talented guys underneath them. Uh, and so we'll see how it plays out. We, we have a lot of those guys that, that are going to see a couple of true freshmen are going to see some time. A couple of guys that uh, are redshirt freshmen that played a little bit are going to see some time. Uh, but uh, early on, I think we really need to be able to ride Harry and we need to be able to ride Tyler until those guys are, uh, are ready to play from the protection standpoint and all the things that we're doing offensively. Deuce Vaughn looks like a guy to me that, as an offensive coach, Mess would be like, how can I use this toy? I mean, you know, it's just it's kind of a unique thing that you got going there with him. And um, it just I'm looking forward to seeing him, to be honest. Yeah, really fluid uh, runner, just natural with the ball in his hands, can catch the ball, um, understands the game pretty well, uh, excited about, you know, his future. Uh, the other one is Keon Mosey yeah. uh, from Kansas City. Boy, he's done some special things as of late. And uh, another kid that's just been nicked up a little bit with some soft tissue things, nothing but a, a day here and there that um, we just have to keep him uh, ready for a long haul of a season. So that's another reason why, you know, we're going to need to play uh, a decent amount of backs to make sure that we can keep everybody healthy and everybody in a rotation and everybody getting some touches. Defensively, that, that D tackle spot, um, how far along are you with that? You just, your losses there were notable and, you got to have guys step up right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm confident in Drew Wiley and I'm confident in Eli Huggins, and then it's going to be kind of by committee. But uh, so appreciate those two guys. Uh, Drew has taken on an unbelievable leadership role, role for us, uh, mentoring some of the younger players and some of the junior college kids that are coming in. But uh, those two guys are going to be a mainstay for us. We need to keep those guys healthy, Drew and, uh, and Eli. And then it, it'll be a lot of different bodies rolling through there to see um, who can help us for whether it's 15 plays or, or 30 plays. Uh, but uh, we're trying an awful lot of bodies in there. Wyatt Hubert, uh, I don't know if you know this, he's pretty good. Um, yeah, he's a pretty talented guy. <laughs> the, the other guy, whoever it is at the other end, Khalid Duke or whomever, uh, how much can they benefit from the fact that everyone's going to have their eye on Wyatt Hubert? Yeah, I think everybody will benefit. Even the D tackles yeah. will benefit as well. But Bronson Massey uh, is healthy this year. Good. You know, last year we had to shelve him late in the season because of a hip injury. He fixed that and he feels good. Uh, you can see he's much more explosive. But between Bronson and between uh, Khalid Duke, Spencer Trussell's doing a nice job. Uh, there's a number of guys that uh, we're, we're looking at there to give us some snaps so that we don't end up having to play Wyatt more snaps than, than we need to. I mean, he needs to be as fresh in the fourth quarter as he is in the first quarter, but uh, make no mistake, everybody that we play against is going to know where he's at at all times. And I'm really excited to see the linebackers just because I want to see 
Justin Hughes play? I mean, what happened last year was just heartbreaking with him and um, having him out there with Elijah. You know that story is really cool. Plus, I think they're both eligible for AARP now, so that's yeah, that's nice. Yeah. But th- they're going to be a really dynamic pair potentially, aren't they? They they are. I think it really helps that we have Daniel Green and Cody Fletcher yeah. uh, as well. Um, and I, I'm I'm excited for Justin, uh, just like I was excited for Eli. And you guys knew more about Eli's situation than I did coming into last year. And as I looked at Eli. Uh, and I think he was coming off of a knee injury from 2018, if I'm correct. Yeah. Um, he got better and better as 2019 went. And at the end of the season, uh, I mean, he was as good a football player, as good a linebacker as I'd seen playing our system. Well, Justin's going to be potentially the same way. It, it's going to take him a little bit to get his body back uh, and to be as fluid and running and as and stuff as, as he would like to be uh, as to what he was in 2018. So we have to do a great job with Daniel Green, with Cody Fletcher, of playing all four of those guys to keep them fresh and to keep them lasting if we're fortunate enough to play as many games as we are. But it's great to have the depth and an experience of those guys. And, and, and no question, I think everybody's excited for, for Justin and Eli to get a chance to play together for the first time and uh, it'll be fun to watch. I'm going to make a strange comparison here that I kind of see a secondary in, in the modern football where you got to put five out there, kind of like an offensive line in the fact that you got to find your five. And maybe maybe this safety has to play corner a few snaps or this guy has to be a nickelback, but you're going to pretty much put your best five out there with some exceptions. Some guys have to be corners. But um, are you getting there with who your top five are and what, the best fits are for them in the back end? Probably the position I am most excited about and feel we've we've had great growth and great competition and a number of guys are going to play is the secondary. Uh, we have four corners right now that all, I think, are doing a really good job. A.J. Parker um, is the leader of the group, being the being the senior, and played a lot of football for us. Uh, he's starting to get back healthy. He had a pretty bad injury uh, in November last year, and so he's not 100%, but he's getting closer. Uh, and Lance Robinson, I thought, came on and did some really good things. Uh, at the end of last year, Lance has improved. Keandre Thomas, transfer from Minnesota, uh, we think will be a really good addition. He's going to play a lot of football for us. Justin Gardner is one of those guys we haven't had a bunch uh, in my time anywhere of a six foot, two and a half, 190 pound corner with great length and a guy that uh, is an exceptional man to man coverage guy. Uh, he's just learning the system, but he'll be a factor as well. You know, we have Will Jones that we moved into to the nickel spot. Ross Elder, we've moved to nickel. Um, T.J. Smith is a true freshman that's going to play some nickel. Um, all three of those guys are doing some really good things. Will's probably ahead just because he's played more football at that spot. Safety spot, uh, we moved Jerron McPherson from the nickel to the free safety, and he's fitting really well. I'm excited about what J-Mac's going to do back there, and uh, he's just an exceptional football player. It's a great leader. Wayne Jones, uh, he's healthy. Last year he had shoulder surgery. He hurt his shoulder in the first week, and I don't think it was ever the same. He, he was able to get that fixed. Um, you have Ryan Hennington and Brock Monty that uh, uh, everybody from K-State would say, put the game on those two guys 
because uh, they are what K-State's all about. Mm-hmm. Both those two guys are going to play. Uh, I, I like what they're doing. We have Tyrone Lewis. That's a redshirt freshman. That's a really talented kid as well. That's going to get a chance to help us out. So we have some depth. We have some competition. Uh, and we're, we're challenging those guys to learn more, more than one spot so that uh, um, we can ultimately, if we had to, put the best five out there. But I like where we're at. I'm just struck by how much more depth you just discussed than a year ago at this time. I mean, it's amazing. You've had two recruiting classes and one was your first one was kind of thrown together, honestly. Yeah. It's, it's amazing how far you've come, isn't it? In terms of roster management. Yeah, we really are excited about the, the younger guys uh, that we have uh, on the team and, and we're, we're continuing to recruit. We're continuing to, to do a good job. All four, freshman offensive linemen we hit on this year uh, from Sam Shields to Taylor Warner uh, to uh, Whit Mitchum um, and Carver Wells. All four of those guys are going to be really good players. Are they going to help us this year? No, but all four of them are going to be really good players and we're excited about that. If we can continue to do those type of things uh, across the board at different positions, uh, then then we feel like we can build the culture, the sustainability uh, to have success year after year, but we have to keep the groups together. You can't have kids transfer out. You can't lose kids to, for whatever reason. And so, um, you know, these next two or three classes on top of that are really important, but uh, I like where we're headed. You mentioned this two or three classes and it's easy to forget this. You lost your camps this summer. How much does that hurt you at Kansas state where you want to get players in front of you to see, because, Maybe they're not high profile. Maybe they haven't had a lot of attention. Maybe there's not a lot of quality video, but you get them in camp and you get to see them. Yeah, that's uh, that's huge. That it's it's a reason why we have Cody Stuffel being in the program because mm-hmm. we saw him the year we saw him the year before, and we loved what we saw at camp. And off of film, we didn't know, but then he came to camp like, oh yeah, he'll fit with what we're doing. I can't tell you how many kids. Uh, are, are not the beneficiary of that. And, and it's not just at Kansas State, across the landscape. There's a ton of really good Division II programs in Kansas that didn't get camps this year. Uh, and so it's it's going to hurt an awful lot of kids from the state of Kansas uh, that, are gonna, that are class of 21 that are saying, boy, I hope I get some game film out there and I feel bad for him. My son's a 2022 at, at Manhattan high and, and he didn't get to go into any camps this year. And I'm hoping he gets to go next year because you, you have to get that exposure out for, for players so that they can get around coaches and they can just play some football and do some drill work. And it's, it's a huge thing that uh, we missed this year. We talked earlier about the, the new rule in which this season doesn't essentially count You get a waiver, even if you're underclassmen, and that's great. Next year you'll have, you know, if you've got five seniors that stick around, you'll have 90 scholarships in, in theory. After that, though, it looks like it rolls back to 85. Is, are you beginning to think about how to manage your scholarship numbers in case you get a bubble there where um, essentially your, what, 20 and 21 classes are like one giant class? No, we haven't. We probably need two fits, but we just haven't had the chance to get that done or even start talking about that. We know where it's at. We know what's coming down, but we just have not probably had a chance to pause because of all the things we have going on and our really difficult task of roster management for this year of trying to move guys around and make sure that we have 
guys in the right position. And so we know that's something that we're going to have to talk about in the near future. Uh, I think everybody uh, at every school trying to, by the year 2022, in, in essence, to get that thing back down yeah. to uh, your normal numbers, not just your normal scholarship numbers, but uh, the amount of kids that you're allowed on your football team. You know, how many can you bring in extra from a walk-on standpoint? Because there's a lot of walk-ons that make it. There's yeah. a ton of walk-ons that make it at Kansas State, at North Dakota State, at a lot of different programs. And I don't want it to take away from opportunities that those guys would have. Quick thoughts on Arkansas State. I know very little about them right now. Um, fast tempo offense. Good. Uh, Blake Anderson's a great coach, a great man. I've been on some committees with him. Um, so they, they're going to be really explosive on offense. Uh, defensively, uh, run the same scheme as Iowa State, so kind of the 3-3 three, three, uh, nice. stuff. And, and so just I, I'm, I wish I could tell you a lot more. But unfortunately, I haven't had a chance to, to do what I love to do, and that's coach football. I'm dealing with a lot of other things right now. Um, so I'm hoping to dive into them a lot more this week. But it's a rest, rest assured, it's a, it's a perennial bowl team that's going to come into Manhattan, and it's going to be a big-time game for them. And, and we're going to have to play our best football to be successful. Thanks to Coach Kleiman for taking time to talk to me. We actually got together late last week before it became game week. Hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to get players or coaches all season long. We'll see how this works out. But Chris Kleiman was the perfect place to start. And, man, I got to tell you something. I really like him. I like him as a person. I also like his brand of football. I'm kind of an old school guy. Don't run and shoot me. Just shoot me if that's your offense. Don't. Run the spread every down in which your formula quarterback makes the same throws over and over and over again. Give me a running game. Give me a tight end. Give me a little quarterback run and also pass the ball around the field. Mix it up. Play football. Don't boil it down to some simplistic form that doesn't translate to the NFL or anywhere else. I find it boring and I find it almost like a cheat code. Play football. That's what Chris Kleiman's teams do, and hopefully that's what they will do Saturday at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. We appreciate you listening to the Sources Podcast. We'll be back next week with another one of our sources. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing. a very bright shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.